Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. First, a few minutes concerning the wonderful Joe Biden presidential administration. Perhaps you're not aware of what has happened with regard to prices and availability of building supplies. Well, prices have gone through the roof, as they say, and availability is scarce. So what is the response of the oh-so-wise and wonderful Biden administration that is, of course, doing everything it can to help the American people? Well, after, of course, (laughs) issuing this ruling that masks are no longer necessary, not merely outdoors, but indoors as well, amazingly enough. Now, of course, they had to hold off and uh, (laughs) bring this about months after the election, but... Anyway, they achieved what they desired to achieve. The left did. Not that they are done achieving, but managing to get into power, managing to seize the presidency, and to exercise political power and domination and despotic tyranny over this nation. But last Friday, the Department of Commerce announced that it would be more than doubling the current tariffs on Canadian softwood lumber from the current rate of 8.99%, 9% tariff on Canadian lumber. But that is insufficient. So they're going to jack it up to 18.32%. What is the rhyme or reason for this? How is that supposed to help American people? How is that supposed to help Canadian people? How is that supposed to help trade between Canada and the United States of America? Allies that share a common border and supposedly share common values and heritage and what have you. How does it make any sense to do that, to impose additional burden upon the American people and the Canadian people in one fell swoop? It is just too brilliant. Mary, I don't know how to pronounce this name, last name with no vowel, but Mary Nying or something, Canadian Minister of Small Business, Export Promotion and International Trade, stated, U.S. duties on Canadian softwood lumber products are a tax on the American people. They make housing less affordable for Americans and hinder economic recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. Indeed. Amazing. Again, what is the rationale for this? According to Chuck Falk, chairman of National Association of Home Builders, this... Tariff increase will further exacerbate the nation's housing affordability crisis, put even more 
upward pressure on the price of lumber and force millions of United States home buyers and lumber consumers to foot the bill. Amazing. Just great work by the Biden administration. Again, doing everything they can to help the American people. Now, one story, and that is from the Daily Signal. As is this one. I am just going to touch on this one. I won't go into (laughs) details for the most part. But United States Representative Kat Kamek, Republican from Florida, made a trip down to the United States-Mexico border. And among other findings were these. She spoke with a Border Patrol agent concerning a little girl that she saw who was utterly distraught. How young was this little girl? Nine years of age. And the Border Patrol agent told her, Ma'am, we found this young girl in the fields. She was being gang-raped by cartel members. Gang-raped by cartel Mexican drug cartel members who had come across the U.S. border. But what the U.S. Border Patrol did to these cartel members, well, of course, they wouldn't have killed them. That would have been the wrong thing to do. She had been screaming so loud for so long that her vocal cords have given out. This nine-year-old girl. This is a nine-year-old girl who had been recycled by the cartels. Recycled meaning children that are sent along to escort single adult members of the drug cartels in order to enable those adults to get across the border to get through processing. They don't run biometrics on children under the age of 12. And so they can use them over and over and over. So they recycle them. Kat Kamek said concerning the border, it's a very, very broken, non-existent border that we have right now on the southwest border. I know that sounds a little confusing, (laughs) the way she put it. It's a very, very broken, non-existent wall of separation, may I say that we have right now on the southwest border. As far as this nine-year-old girl being gang-raped by Mexican drug cartel members in the United States of America, is that an anomaly? Does that ever happen? You know, is that just once in a blue moon? No. It is... Common, commonplace for young girls. We're not even talking about prepubescent tweens, talking about little girls, nine years of age. This is, of course, what Muhammad is famous for having done and all of his wonderful Islamist terrorist followers. But this is the Mexican drug cartel. 
As far as how many are being sexually assaulted, she happened to ask the agents. And she was told that at least, at a minimum, 60%. At a minimum, 6 out of 10. However, they believe that it is the overwhelming majority of them. Not merely 60%. But the overwhelming majority of the little girls and the young girls are being gang-raped by the Mexican drug cartel members that are coming across, streaming across the border. Now, when they are processed, where are the children put? They're put in those loathsome, terrible cages that were built by the Obama administration, the abominable Obama administration, which, of course, Joe Biden was so intimately involved with. But she happened to mention that uh, you don't happen to see the likes of Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez standing in an empty parking lot, staging a photo shoot where she's fake crying because that doesn't fit this narrative of the Biden administration. But wonderful things courtesy of the Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration. Meanwhile, south of the border, in Colombia, what is going on? There has been a reign of terror being committed by those who have not won via elections, rather have lost. And yet, there has been maneuvering by non-elected individuals to give all manner of power to these gangs that that are warring against the nation that are terrorizing the nation, the FARC, which you have undoubtedly heard of in the past. But it's just amazing when you look at what is going on down in Colombia. Yes, the communist revolutionary armed forces of Colombia, FARC. What they are being permitted to do, enabled to do, and the media coverage that is so helpful to them. It is really a picture of the United States of America in so many respects of what took place leading up to running up to the presidential election, up to the general election, and what we can look forward to in the future. But, and again, I didn't even quote there, but these stories are from the Daily Signal. Heritage Foundation's Daily Signal. Then Joe Biden's esteemed, illustrious statesman, John Kerry. John Kerry, whom, of all things, the gray lady, the New York Times, happened to report that John Kerry had informed 
Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Yavad Sarif of very sensitive intelligence information from Israel concerning Iranian targets in Syria that were targeted by Israel and that were struck by Israel. Of course, John Kerry denies it. Undoubtedly, there's nothing to it. Even though, again, (laughs) amazingly, it was reported by the New York Times and Iran International, a London-based outlet. But it is consistent with the way that John Kerry has operated in the past. And to that point, to quote a politician, Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, if this tape is verified, it would signal catastrophic and disqualifying recklessness by Envoy Kerry to Foreign Minister Zarif that endangered the safety of Americans and our allies, and it would be consistent with his long pattern of empowering Iran's regime, end quote. Yes, and it would be consistent with his pattern of dealing with communists, Islamists, and so forth forever and a day for all of his political life. But, oh well. Again, this is concerning a secret audio recording in which, you know, purportedly John Kerry provided this intel to Iran, to Islamist Iran. When would this have taken place? Well, back in September of 2018, John Kerry appeared on a national talk show And he stated that he had met with Iranian Foreign Minister Zadif three or four times since he left government. He, of course, served as Secretary of State in the Obama-Biden administration. But he had met with him three or four times since he left government. (laughs) Interesting. But... Again, John Kerry, you know, you can trust John. Now over to something that is much exceedingly (laughs) more important, but directly, intimately tied with this little matter of John Kerry's possible indiscretions vis-a-vis Israel's national security versus Iran. And that is this so-called mini-war, this terrorist war that has been being committed against the people of Israel, including 20% of the population, which is Muslim, Arabic, overwhelmingly Muslim, but Arabic. And even, of course, contrary to what our media tells us, including the New York Times, against the Arabic peoples of such places as Gaza and Old City Jerusalem and what have you. But this is not something new. 
This is something Hamas engages in annually. But during this most recent so-called mini-war, which has been engaged in throughout May, and then there was a, and perhaps as of today, perhaps there is a so-called ceasefire. But it is an annual propaganda terrorist offensive waged during Ramadan. How holy can you get? Well, Hamas has launched thousands of rockets at Israel from Gaza. Dear Hamas, which systematically oppresses the Palestinian peoples in Gaza. Perhaps you've never heard of something that has taken place in so very, very many projects in inner cities in the United States of America for so very many decades. And that is in which gangs, ruthless, vicious, brutal, rapacious, murderous gangs, destroy property, destroy apartment complexes, trash them and destroy them, and thereby grievously detrimentally affect the lives of the people having to live in these places. Well, why do I mention that? Because Hamas, the Islamist terrorist Hamas, has done exactly the same thing in Gaza. Israel invested very heavily to build up Gaza so that when they left it, they left it in condition to enable the Arab peoples to have a good life. No sooner were the Israelis gone than Hamas took over, slaughtered their Islamist opposition, and trashed the place. But they, of course, are the darlings of the major media elites. And they are referred to, of course, as Palestinian militants. Yes. Well, of course, they have, again, unleashed just these monstrous, monstrous rocket barrages at Jerusalem and throughout southern Israel, across the border. Ironically, hundreds of their rockets haven't made it out of Gaza, have fallen in Gaza, killing Arabic people in Gaza. And then the major media elite, they announced that, oh, Israel has killed these people. It's fascinating. But a great many of the most dangerous rockets, which have been deployed by Hamas, and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, so-called, they are provided by, you guessed it, John Kerry's Islamist terrorist Iranian regime. Yes. 
shocking. Which, of course, shares the goal of destroying Israel, annihilating the Jews and the Christians. But Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he ordered a military response following the initiation of this latest war, terrorist war, terrorist attacks from Hamas. The Israeli Air Force retaliated, launching strikes at rocket-launching sites, arms storage depots. But it's very touchy. It's very difficult. It's extremely, excruciatingly difficult to take those out without hitting civilians. Why is that? It's because of how Hamas engages in war. They always hide behind and beneath and about and around civilians. But just wonderful, so courageous, you know, holy war, so-called. Well, dear Joe Biden, is, of course, doing everything in his power to get very close and cozy with Hamas and with the Palestinian Authority, the competitors of Hamas, and, of course, separating United States of America from Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu. But, Again, this is from, excerpted from the Daily Signal, James Phillips' commentary. And my commentary on that commentary is not one and the same as that commentary. But nonetheless, that is my source material. And finally, from again, an article in the Daily Signal of Heritage Foundation, and this by Virginia Allen. And it's concerning what has been taking place in Israel during this bombardment, this Islamist terrorist warfare, total war, being engaged in by terrorists, terroristically, cowardly, shamefully, disgracefully, as always. It is always the way that the terrorists operate. Always. As this woman, Yale, I may be mispronouncing that, Yale or Yale Eckstein, stated, we've been living in our bomb shelters. Just today alone, for an hour straight, there were rocket barrages on Israeli cities. And she goes on to say, we're hearing rocket explosions 24 hours a day in different cities throughout Israel. The border towns with the Gaza Strip hear it 24 hours a day. Other places such as Tel Aviv, 
They hear it maybe once a day, twice a day. But definitely the southern Israel cities like Beersheba, Sverdot, Ashkelon, Ashdod, these places, they are under siege 24-7. And the populations are living in their bomb shelters because of these rocket attacks. During this latest mini-war, so-called, more of Israel is under attack than under the previous mini-wars from Hamas. The terrorists, the Hamas, have made it very clear there's nowhere in Israel that's safe. Thanks to the rocketry, rocketry from Iran thanks to the weaponry that has been provided to Hamas by Iran. Yes, Iran is kind of a, oh, I don't know, generous provider of terrorist materials, aren't they? An equal opportunity provider to Islamist terrorists, to their own Hezbollah, but also to Hamas, PLO, and so forth. Yes, PLA. Thanks to that, they can strike anywhere in Israel. And there are hundreds of rockets being launched right now at Israel, as she, as Yale, spoke to Virginia Allen. Code red applications on telephones are going off all day long, signifying the rocket attacks. And this woman, her daughter, 15-year-old daughter, said, Mommy, there are people running to their shelters every time it goes off. Just because I don't have to doesn't mean that I shouldn't be praying for them and thinking about them. This in response to her mother saying, why don't you just turn that off? The application, the app for that. But just imagine that. It's this is Israel. You know, loathsome, terrible, evil Israel as compared to wonderful long-suffering Palestinians. Again, the narrative, the lie that has been promoted and is being promoted actively by the Black Lives Matters para-terrorist organization, it is quite the narrative. It is quite the lie. And it is completely in keeping with the narratives and the objectives of the Biden-Harris administration. But, were it not for Iron Dome, which Israel developed and deployed and uses 
to protect the people of Israel, including the 20% Arabic population in Israel, from being slaughtered by the terrorist attacks of Islamist terrorist Hamas. Were it not for that, and were it not for bomb shelters, the people of Israel, including the Arabic Muslim population, would be devastated and decimated. Courtesy of the loving, compassionate, freedom-fighting Islamist terrorists bent on their utter destruction. But the bomb shelters are not 100%. A six-year-old boy was killed while he was in the family's bomb shelter, killed by shrapnel from a rocket. It's terrifying. We're just hearing so much trauma, so much post-traumatic stress disorder. We're seeing as we're driving down south, even while they're driving, we're seeing rockets being launched and cars pulling over, mothers on top of their children, the children screaming, the mothers screaming. This so-called war in which Hamas terrorists are firing thousands of rockets from on top of mosques, from inside schools, from inside residential areas. They're building the rocket production facilities underneath huge residential areas. Always using human shields doing so for building their weapons facilities underneath schools, underneath mosques. And yet, the Western world, of course, it wisely and wonderfully takes the side of the Islamist terrorists. Before I continue, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and done. Whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. Israel, the modern state of Israel, is now a country of nine million citizens. It's surrounded by one and a half billion Islamist Arabs. And has had to fight for its survival since 1948. Had to fight 
to get to Israel, to get there. The wonderful British turned them away time and again, sent them back to where they had been held captive after being released from concentration camps and so forth. And left them defenseless, took away all of their weapons except for what they gave to the Islamist Arabs. And left the Jews to be annihilated. One of many terrible, damning moments in British history. And frankly, the worst of the worst. But Israel has had to fight for its survival ever since. As soon as they declared statehood, courtesy of the UN of all places, they were besieged by mass warfare from all of the surrounding Islamist regimes. All armed to the teeth by the Nazis and then by the Brits. They had state-of-the-art military equipment and training. But miraculously, and there is no other explanation for it, miraculously, Israel survived. Survived attempted annihilation by its wonderful Arab neighbors. And it has been fighting for its survival ever since. The population has increased significantly to 9 million citizens now. Which is still less than New York City, but in terms of total population, not total population of Jews. But 20% are Arabs, the overwhelming majority of whom are Muslims. And Israel's Arab Islamist neighbors continue to be bent on, focused on annihilating the Jews and the Christians, destroying Israel, savaging Israel. Oh, but they're fighting for peace. Oh, yeah. Well, just amazing. And yet, vast multitudes of people throughout the West believe the lies. The lies which are championed and repeated throughout the major media. And which are championed and espoused by the current United States Federal Administration of Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris and with illustrious servants, the likes of John Kerry. 
So what is the upside to this? Is there an upside to this? Certainly not. But there is one. And what it is is this. Is that as terrible, as monstrous as this is, it drives the people in Israel, at least some of them, to seek God to look to God, to turn their hearts to God. Like this woman's young daughter. That's something that can't be said for the peoples of the rest of the West. Whether you view modern-day Israel as being in the West or not. And you can very well, understandably, consider it to be in the East. But that's one thing, one positive thing, one good thing about this is that it drives these people, some of them, the wise ones, to seek God. I've mentioned before concerning a certain famous leader of Russia, Russia, actually the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, who famously screamed repeatedly, we will bury you. You know, we of the decadent West. He, he, his regime, which he headed up, would bury us. Well, interestingly enough, the West has been effectively buried. But the overwhelming majority of that burying has been done from within. It has been masterminded from without. Not so much from the Soviet Union, mind you. The former Soviet Union. No. Not so much from communist China. Not so much from the Islamist regimes. No. Far from it. But it has been done, masterminded by elitists. Elitist organizations fascist, elitist organizations bent on the destruction of all of the West, recognizing the United States of America is, you could say, the strength of the West. It has been. Were it not for the United States of America, all of the West would have been overthrown by the Soviet Union. Were it not for God, The United States of America would have been overthrown. But we in the West, we live in a time that is supposedly chiefly concerned with matters of technology matters of combating some 
so-called pandemic, which was accidentally, <laughs> accidentally engineered and, and distributed, disseminated, and what have you. But we in the West, we get to enjoy the very last times prior to the entire world being enslaved. And as I've mentioned time and again, the most, for me anyway, the most extraordinary, unimaginably inexplicable aspect of that is that the last free nation standing will be tiny Israel which has been under siege, under attack since its inception, the modern state of Israel since its inception in 1948. Absolutely unimaginable to think that Israel could still be standing after the United States of America, Canada, Australia, Britain, And all of Europe have fallen. But that is going to take place. What do I base that on? On the Holy Bible. Not on whatever this pastor or that pastor or this theologian or whomever happens to say. But on the Bible, on the Word of God. And the time is very near approaching. It is very close. But what do we have to look forward to before that? Well, little things like the fulfillment of the Communist Manifesto of 1846. Yes, Abolition of private property. Heavy progressive income tax. Abolition of rights of inheritance. You know, the death tax. Confiscation of property of those who are deemed, who are labeled rebels. In other words, not of those in Black Lives Matter. No, no, matter, no, no. Instead, this will be rebels, Christians, patriots. Government ownership of everything. All means of communication and transportation, factories, agriculture. Labor, farms, education. And the Biden-Harris administration going to jack up the tariffs on lumber from Canada, from our neighbor, Canada, from our neighbor to the north, our friends, our allies. Canada. Amazing. But we can look forward to all of that. That is the push. 
In my next program, I will touch on something that pertains directly to this. Adolf Hitler said, quote, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. And so the Democrats, they are enjoying control of the textbooks and making them worse than ever, (laughs) which takes some doing, but considering how bad they've been for so very long. But it can always get worse, and it always does until it finally comes to an end. Even as Israel, tiny Israel, has been targeted for destruction since its inception, the day that they announced statehood, they were attacked. All of the Arab Islamist nations were mobilized. They had all of their forces a step away from the Israeli border. They were all amassed. They were all ready to attack the moment that Israel announced that. Would they have attacked if Israel had not announced that? Yes. Why? Because they were all waiting for Britain to depart, to leave, and to leave them helpless. But that wasn't even enough. It wasn't enough for Israel at that time to have been populated by half-starved survivors of the concentration camps, populated by elderly people, infirm people, debilitated people, and children. People that had had to walk to Israel from Europe. People that had been cooped up in ships and kept offshore and kept away from Israel and returned to Europe by the Brits, people that had no means of defending themselves if they had had the ability to defend themselves. That wasn't enough, no. That wonderful giant in America, George Marshall, did everything in his power to prevent any assistance making its way to Israel. the wonderful president of the United States of America, Harry S. Truman, did everything in his power to prevent aid and assistance and volunteers from making their way to Israel. Believe what you will concerning the United States of America, the darkest hour in the history of America was that period of time. The most damning, shameful, disgraceful period of time 
in the history of the United States of America and in the history of Great Britain. And despite that, Israel survived. What should have been the result of that? Every single person in Israel should have turned to God with all their hearts and minds and souls and bodies, but they did not. They did not do so. The typical Israeli leader has been an atheist. A Jew, but an atheist. Many of them, of the best of them, have served bravely and very effectively as military leaders. At some time in their lives, or repeatedly. But the nation as a whole is not a nation that worships God. If you don't worship the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't worship God the Father according to his word, not mine. But even as Israel has been targeted for destruction, so the United States of America has been targeted for destruction. Objective is to enslave and destroy America and thus to enslave and destroy the entire world. The free world first, and then the entire world. And the number one objective is to annihilate Christians and Jews. But, this is intended to overthrow God's plans, purposes, promises, prophecies, His eternal kingdom, Who would come up with such a thing as that? Well, Satan, you probably have heard of Satan. You may or may not believe that there is such one as Satan, but there is. But returning to the Holy Bible, the book of the prophet priest Jeremiah, in what is listed as being the eighth chapter, he states that the priests... The prophets, the princes, the inhabitants of the land of Jerusalem, way back when, that they worshiped the sun and the moon and the whole host of heaven, not God's host, the host of the stars of heaven, whom they have loved and whom they have served after whom they have walked and whom they have sought and whom they have worshipped. He stated, God's word stated, that the people shall be for dung upon the face of the earth. Death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family. They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. No man repented him of his wickedness. My people know not the judgment of the Lord. They have rejected the word of the Lord. What wisdom is in them? 
They are given to covetousness, from the least to the greatest. The prophet, the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay. They were not at all ashamed. But we, of course, we are so superior to that (laughs) here in the West. We are the apple of God's eye. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.